friends back in the forest. Yep. There goes the neighborhood. Be nice, Batty. First thing, all these trees go. Then come your highways, then come your shopping malls, and your parking lots and your convenience stores, and then come... Price check on prune juice, Bob. Price check on prune juice. Welcome everybody out there in internet land to Culture Lust episode 19, the only show on the internet where us four guys sit around and talk about a movie on Netflix. My name is Chris, I'll be your host today, joined as always by my brother from the same mother, Scott. What's going on? Our homie, James. I don't have syphilis. No. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> Despite what you guys may have heard or saw, it's not. And our resident tech expert, Jones. I want to talk to you about global warming. Oh, really? Well, we have the show for you. Oh, go on. Okay, all right. So if you've been following along, you know that today we are discussing the animate the 1993 animated film Ferngully, The Last Rainforest, described by IMDb as the magical inhabitants of a rainforest fight to save their home, which is threatened by logging and a polluting force of destruction called Hexus. Which I just want to ask you guys, hey guys. Did you know that rampant deforestation is bad? Well, if you oh, didn't... depends on who you know. Yeah, I mean, if you make a dollar off of it, it's not that bad, right? I'm just saying, if you didn't know that, <laughs> this movie will tell you that over and over and over again. But we'll get to that in due time. Now, I don't know about you guys, but for me, I had heard about this movie when it first was released, when it came out in the early 90s. But I'd never seen it. I'd never had any interest in seeing it. I'd never had any desire or want to see it. And the hell, even when we got it this last week, you I still didn't it. really want to see it. Yeah. Uh, so did you guys have any prior experience? Is this one of those nostalgic experiences where you'd seen it as a kid and you were going to be able to see it uh, now? Uh, you know, James, you seem... You you seem very Bro, much the environmentally was, this conscious was nostalgic type. as fuck for me. Really? Like, oh my god! Like, I remember, like when I was a kid, hearing like the just the intro music. Yeah, dude, it was like, let's do the time warp again, and just no, like no, no, flashback no, 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 to the no, no, good no, no, no. shit. Uh, that's Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes, I know, but it was a throwback to Tim Curry. Come on now. Anyway. Fair um, enough. Damn. You got me. You got me. Full you got circle. Me. Holy moly. <laughs> wow. But uh, no, man. Like, I, I, yeah, 1992, I was five years old. So I probably watched this like a dozen times, alternating between this and uh, Goofy Movie, which came out a little later. And then uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Darkwing Duck. Like, shh, nostalgia, bro. Yeah. What about you, Jones? Yeah, I mean, 
I, I remember watching the movie, uh, but and I remember liking it. I remember it being a big deal at the time because early '90s, the the big the big buzzword at the time were was a uh, ozone layer. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I remember bits and pieces, and like James, I, it was more. We heard the word. We heard the movie was coming. We we heard we were gonna watch it, and I was excited based on nostalgia alone. Hmm. How about you, Scott? I have to. I have to admit that no, uh, nostalgia was not a any part of this. I think I think I was what 13, 12 or thirteen when this came out, and um, I the only thing I remember from this movie prior to watching it for the show was as soon as they broke out in their first song uh, as a 12 or 13 year old, whatever it was, I stopped watching. And uh, I don't think that changed much this time around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did yeah, you finish I, the movie? I did finish the movie, yes. <laughs> but only because I had Only to. for science sake. Yes. Right. It was a duty. Yeah, I, I was 11, 10. 10 when this movie came out and by that time I had already graduated to reading Stephen King and Douglas Adams and the like so I really came into this as a 35 year old judging a movie that was probably geared towards 5 year olds so I, I, on a note for uh, along those lines, um, Netflix says it's for what three to four year olds actually. I believe it. <laughs> yeah. I believe it. Which explains it why explains James it. liked it so much. There you go. Ooh. It's that it's that syphilis. Don't tell him though. He swears it's not. Uh, <laughs> He's got the STD of the brains. <laughs> <laughs> Al Capone. So. Regardless of whether or not we wanted to see this movie or we'd seen it before, we still all ended up having to sit and watch this movie. Now, a, a lot of people say that 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 even your even when you have preconceived notions about a movie, the first like five ten minutes can really change your perception on a film. And I want to say, as we were all sitting down and and watching this film, did any of those? you know, like pre-installed opinions about this movie change. Like I want to, I'm, I'm really curious to pick your brain, James, since you've got a, a bit of a nostalgia angle on this. Like what did it feel like when we, you first fired up this movie and it was going through like the intro and the, the credit sequence and, and, and kind of all that kind of stuff. Did it, uh, did it hold up in your, in your opinion? Um, I mean, the animation's a little, little dated, so that was like one of the very first things I noticed. Was like, oh, this doesn't look as good as I remember it. <laughs> but um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I still really enjoyed it, and I was exciting. Like, I was excited to watch it again, and I kind of remember being like that younger, like once again, nostalgia, like being that younger version of myself, and like the curiosity and the wonder, you know, as like. Magi is explaining what happened in the past, and I know Jones hates narration, so I kind of chuckled to myself during that. But um, I don't know, man. <laughs> I, I I was I was excited. I will say the second that I saw um, Krista on screen, I thought of Vicky Valancourt from Waterboy. I don't know why, but they have like same <laughs> facial structure. They do. Oh my god! Yeah, they do. I just realized. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Holy I thought she crap. looked familiar. Yeah. <laughs> What is her name? 
Now I have to look this up. Oh, the yeah, actress? Yeah. Yeah, I can't remember, but... I'll look yeah. it up. Keep talking. As soon as uh, I saw her on screen, dude, I was like... It's like or something like that? Is her name? I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but uh, she played Vicky Valancourt? Yeah, it's like Faruza Balk. Yeah, she was like, like from The Craft. She was also in The Craft. Yeah, The yeah, Craft. All those like <sighs> edgy yeah. goth movies and stuff, you know? Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> For all the momages out there. Whoa. Wow. Early Shuriken's Throne, bro. Ooh. I want to hate you so bad oh, right that, now. That pinks my nostalgia from about 20 minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, Scott. How about you? Uh, what so were your first, first impressions of this film? The first thing I noticed, uh, I'll have to echo what James said. The first thing I noticed was the Hanna-Barbera kind of phone-in style of animation. Um, but... I then, you know, realized, hey, this is a f- uh, an animated movie from, like, 92, so... Uh, there was one scene later on in the movie that was CG done, or done with CG and stuff, but uh, we'll talk about that later. Uh, for the most part, though, yeah, the animation is pretty, um... Uh, it's pretty, pretty bad, but at the same time, that part was nostalgic for me, because that was... That was how, back in the day, the, how they did all almost all the cartoons. You know, like the hand-painted backgrounds and that, uh, what do they call that? The cell animation, I think, is that what it's called? Where they paint the cells, they paint cells with by hand. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, yeah. the old school ways of doing things. So that, that part was very nostalgic for me. Um, but other than that, uh, at this point, I was, I was kind of indifferent. Uh, I wasn't sure what to expect. Seeing as this is kind of the first um, children's focused, children focused animated movie for the show, uh, I was trying to kind of keep my eyes and ears open for talking points, but it was really, um, I was really indifferent. There were there really wasn't much to go off of for me in the beginning. Yeah, I I kind of agree with that sentiment. Um, you know, having no nostalgia to bring me back to when I was a kid and having never viewed this as a younger person, I, as I said before, I really sat down and started watching this movie as a 35-year-old cynical bastard, which is pretty obvious that I don't think I'm the demographic that this movie was aiming for, because right away... I immediately was like, this is straight up, like, it looked like it was animated by the same people that did, like, the the Legend of Zelda games for, like, the CDI. <laughs> which is, like, a really obscure reference. Yeah, wow. Deep but, cut, man. Uh, nice. it, it really, it, it, it looked bad, even for 1992. That's the thing. Like, uh, and that was, like, a sticking point throughout the entire thing. It's like, it just looked really bad. And I mean, yeah, okay, it was 1992, it was a long time ago, but shit, man. Aladdin was released in the same year. Was it? And it, yeah, and it looked a hell of a, it looked good compared to this. It was back-to-back Robin Williams animated films. Ferngully was his first and Aladdin was his second. That's uh-huh. what I mean by that's what I mean by Hanna Barbera though, dude. Because back then, like yeah. the old Hanna Barbera cartoons were t- 
total ass when it came to like animation yeah. quality. Yeah, 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 yeah. Compared to other things, so it's like kind mm. of. I don't know if it's is. Hopefully, somebody out there could comment or something and let me know. But you know, maybe it's the way that they did it. They did it on purpose or what? I don't know. But it seemed really um, off the cuff and sort of lazy. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's actually a really good point. That that, that it did. It just uh, it looked. It did look like it was a really just badly animated, and and that was kind of a running theme throughout the the entire uh, picture. Because I mean, you know, similar movies around the same time looked a hell of a lot better, and I mean, hell. Uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves was animated better, and that was done in uh, a, a long time ago. 1880. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, after the I mean, Civil really, War. it was... At, it, it, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pretty much, yeah, you know. Um, Dust Bowl. You know, so even in 1992... When that's like the first thing you like notice, like wow, this animates really crappy. Like I was like, you know, that really pulled me out of everything and kind of set the tone. Kind of set the tone. You you uh, mentioned you mentioned the CDI. That's that console by Philips, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to Those know Legend this. of Zelda games are yeah, really bad. I used to know this. Used to know this kid that had one when I was like a little kid and. uh I used to make up excuses and try to make friends with him so I can go to his house and play. <laughs> well, at the time, we didn't know better. Yeah, I mean, we were right. going from Pac-Man to yeah. that. Which, if Yeah, if you're I listening, like, Roger, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> sure, his On name is Richard. chance this Roger <laughs> is, is oh. one of our, what, nine listeners? Oh, he listens. Fucking oh, Roger, he listens. Oh, uh, should I be scared? Yeah, you're not Roger. It's cool. Continue. My bad. I digress. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> no, I, I, I want to. I want to hear more about Roger. <laughs> he also had his name to Richard. He also had a scooter that was really fun. <laughs> hey, I used to have a kick-ass scooter, dude. It was purple and I had white wheels, and like I'd Did ride I... it to the bus stop every day. It was awesome. Those big rubber wheels, because those yeah. were the cool ones. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. This was like one of the. Didn't like, this we get scooters like that? Scooter. This was like a big ass scooter. Yeah, the baller scooter no, with no, the Scott, you and I had scooters uh-huh. like that at one time. Remember, right? Uh, eventually, yeah. I think we're Your, like, yours was blue. We were like twenty. I remember. Though. Yeah, we were, we were like. I 20. remember. We weren't cool anymore. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I remember yours was blue. I remember because I always wanted to write it because yours was better than mine. And I think you got it for my birthday, didn't you? What? I don't know, man. I don't even remember these scooters. I have no idea what you're talking about. You know but what? That's, you know that what, sounds like we're uh, picking at scabs you know what, right now, man. Yeah, somebody. <laughs> Digging. Family therapy. You know what, right Scott? Now. I remember. You got it on my birthday. <laughs> I remember. I remember very clearly. I remember. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, uh, uh, let's move on before Scott and I have to go into family therapy. Uh, and, you know, take Ritalin. 
But um, so. I I have a very distinct issue with with movies of this ilk. So before we get into that, let's talk about let, let's talk about some ups. Let's talk about some things that that we actually did like some some gains, some positives from from this film. You know, as you were watching and as everything was going through, which uh, you know we don't really need to go into because if you're a good listener, if you're if you're actually a fan of the show, you've already seen the movie. So let's start, you know, Jones, what came off to you as some, as a positive is something that really jumped out to you. Is there anything like a scene, a quote, any specific point or anything that, that you actually pulled from this, this film that you really enjoyed? Yes. However, I want to go a step back and talk about my first impressions. So fair enough before. Yeah. Cause my bad, uh, before no, it's all good, man. Uh, the, this movie came out in 92 and, um, this was like a golden age of children's, uh, animated films. And you guys were talking about how lazy it looked and stuff like that. And this was the most lazy animation. I, and I, (laughs) all right. So, uh, that pause there was because I'm still hearing, um, still hearing discord talk to me and i read what chris just said anyway take a step back so uh watching this movie today or yeah yesterday is it was filmed in 92 animated in 92 um it made me think about other movies that came out around the time you guys mentioned a couple but fox wasn't really known for like a good animation studio at the time but a few years later they came out with like anastasia and like thumbelina so it tells me like they didn't even try with this movie but to answer your question, uh, my what I, I kind of liked about this movie at the, at the beginning was this character named Hexus, uh, or Hexus, which kind of, I'm guessing they were trying to equate that to Exus, like Excess, like, you know, the human condition of trying to consume everything. You know, consume oh, everything and live in excess. And I'm sure there's some, some I plan get there, it. But. But like he he looked like he um was kind of ripped off by uh, Venom. It looked like a like a, a crude version of Venom. Like the the Marvel um, comic book. The Marvel Venom? character, yeah, the Marvel character of Venom. I can see that for sure. Um, yeah. It's like a I combination between him, yeah. Venom and Hades from Hercules, even though. Yeah, Hades, like the the. Even though Hercules came after, but. The charisma, the yeah, that's true. And and the other thing is, I've noticed a lot of. A lot of trends were set with this movie. Like we talk about the, the the crude animation style, but a lot of stuff was set with this movie, and was recreated. And not just the story elements, because I'm sure we'll we'll talk about that plenty in this podcast. But there was a lot of animation stuff and like character design stuff. Uh, some of the characters looked like characters from uh, Hercules, like the the guys that are writing on the Beatles or whatever. Um, looked like uh, Danny DeVito's character. There's just there's just a lot of stuff, and when you look at the timeline of it, this movie um, s- did it first. And you look at like movies that came afterwards, and you're like, wow, that looks a lot like uh, Fern Gully. But I just I just want to Fern, Fern Gully did it first. I just want to interject real quick before we piss off a bunch of nerds. Venom came out 
before. No, Venom came out way well, before. Way. It was only four years. It was I thought I saw the first but... edition of Venom. Oh, yeah, 88. Uh-huh. You're right, you're right. But regardless, yeah. Venom came out first. But Nerds. I wasn't... Ne- <laughs> I wasn't referencing Venom necessarily, yeah. but like a lot of stuff. I think they ripped of off Venom. Like they might have taken some influence from. Right. I really like. And Hexus you look at like. Villain. I thought he was pretty good. Hexus was cool. Yeah. Um, and then you look at like movie Disney movies that came out a little later, and Pocahontas, like the the main one of the main claims of of plagiarism was this uh, Pocahontas. Cl- uh, copied this and this movie Pocahontas came out in 95 and the movie almost exactly parallels this movie so without taking too many people's points but like the this movie set a tr- a standard in in storytelling structure that many 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 movies took after this so Chris was joking at the beginning about de- uh, deforestation but the the theme aside like the story structure has been repeated time and time again and I, I know Fern Gully wasn't the first time they did this exact story structure, but many movies came after this. However, uh, Dances with Wolves came first, and that's pretty much the same movie. Yeah. To be fair, Pocahontas was like a story before, you know, the movie ever came along. Like, John Smith and Pocahontas were like kind of real people. Didn't really play out the way yeah, that Disney no, 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 no. did, but... Exactly. Yeah. You're you're kind of making me feel bad for banging on this movie right now. Like, I'm like, oh, I didn't know all that stuff. Well, yeah. Like, that's uh, that's actually kind of cool. Oh, I don't feel. Yeah, bad it at was all. A, it was a it was a trailblazer for animation. Even though it it looked really lazily done, and I think it was. Like, I think they just threw it together because late '80s, early '90s was like a, a golden age of hand drawn animation. Like, they started to really push the limits of the new technology at the time, but I, I think this movie paid the way for some really great Disney movies. But like it was pointed out, Aladdin came out in 92 as well. And that movie is way better animated. They probably had a bigger one. budget though. Really? Mo- this movie had like a $25 million budget. Oh, wow. What about what Aladdin had yeah. though? Right, let's check. But yeah, it's, um, so it's, they, they spend it all on the cool, cool voice actors. Yeah. <laughs> So I know, you know, well, I know we already hey, mentioned uh, Pocahontas. Don't and dances with don't. wolves. Only only five or it looks. Oh, it's 20, 28 million. Mm-hmm. Only a couple a couple million more. As I say, Scott, don't downplay the voice talent they got for Fern Gully because I'm not, I'm not downplaying it at all. I'm the opposite. In, in early nineties, in early nineties, they that they, they got a lot of pretty big names. Yeah. I mean, Tim Curry, Christian Slater, Robin Williams, Cheech and Chong. I mean, come on. Yeah, they definitely had uh, voice talent. Yeah, it, no, it did. It did. What um, I think, what I think is, I think is, is definitely about, uh, Jones's point to definitely plot. expand on it is... Um, right. I honestly lost. So I, I, I'm i a pretty big James Cameron fan. Um, I enjoyed, you know, Terminator, Aliens, Titanic was decent. He's definitely had some hits. But Avatar, I mean, I know it gets a lot of hate for various reasons and this and that. I mean, the movie itself is beautiful. I personally think so. Jones might disagree with me on some points, but... No, it was gorgeous. That movie was a... Yeah. It was a break I watched I it in 3D movie. in theater, and it was fucking amazing. It was the first 3D movie I've been to. It was like... I, was, if, I imagine if I ever tripped acid, this is probably what it feels like. 
Um, <laughs> it was really good. I, I plan on seeing it <laughs> one of these days. If, if I trip acid, I'll turn blue, huge, <laughs> and have sex with my tail. I can, yeah, all right, all right. I can get behind and my that. horse. And but, my horse. Uh, Wait, yeah. that, that's that's not how sex works. Yeah. Well, what's really You're interesting is many. I mean, this if you look on Reddit and type Avatar Fern Gully, like you'll see all the uh, conspiracy threads and stuff pop up. But they're not like I side with them. They're not wrong. Like Avatar is almost a fucking shot for shot remake of Fern Gully. Like, yes. Like the so hero chased so. the the hero or sorry not the hero but the 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 invader is you know changed in size or uh, shape so to speak you know so Avatar he becomes one of the Navi Fern Gully he shrunk right uh, they're chased by a purple predator rescued by the heroine. They end up having like this love, this falling in love bonding scene. Uh, he gets pitted against the the native uh, alpha male at the time, right? Befriends them, like saves them, the, the natives from the invaders. Like it's just, it's fucking shot for shot. Like it's crazy. I mean, sure, Pocahontas dances with wolves have some parallel in terms of the story, but there's enough difference that you can appreciate them. But goddamn, like Avatar and Fern Gully, same shit. Like even the ending, like flying in and landing on the yeah. machine to take it out before it takes out the tree of life like come yeah. on <laughs> oh man yeah dude. like it's it's so yeah, parallel it's crazy and i don't know i mean i don't know it just it bothers so, me like watching ferngali today all i was thinking is fuck you james cameron i'm so glad you didn't win best picture of the year that year because that's why he did yeah like what the so, honestly see, really it, you think that's why he didn't well, Hurt Locker won that And year. wasn't it his ex-wife uh, and, that directed that? Oh, because Hurt Locker was <laughs> yeah, such yeah, a more Pat, accurate... Patty Jenkins, and, what was and, her name? And, you uh, know, I don't know. Real-to-life film. Uh, but actually, James, you bring up a very, very good point. Uh, and a larger question that I want to present to everybody today. When it comes to films like this, the plot, the story, let's be honest... It's predictable. Well, it's a kid's we movie, know exactly though. what's going to... Exactly. No, I'm not knocking it. I'm not saying that that's not the case. Now, hear me out. Because, yeah, okay, it's a kid's movie. I get that. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But we're not kids, so we need to look at this in a non-kids sort of way. But any when a movie is presented, such as this, where you kind of know exactly where the plot is going to go, you kind of know exactly how it's going to end, and you really know, regardless of what actually happens during the story, that the main characters or certain main characters are just off limits and they're not going to be harmed and they're going to be fine at the end of the day and everything's going to be wrapped up in a nice, neat little bow. Now, for me personally, I will say that is one of the one things I actually despise the most about any storytelling medium. When I can pick up a work, you know, when I uh, uh, from the first time that I open a book or I put a movie in my DVD player or I or I start it up on Netflix or whatever, when I know exactly how the movie's going to end, it kills probably 75% of any enjoyment I can get out of it. And, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's just how I you know, ingest my storytelling and creative medium. So I present to you guys, I want to know from your guys' opinion, 
is the story is is predictability in story a vital part in the movies the books the tv shows anything that that you guys consume uh you know, James, I, 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 you're a little bit more outspoken in this movie than one, so I'm, I'm really curious. Like, like, how do you feel about this as a as a general overarching kind of a thing? I think Jones just had a stroke. First off, by the sounds, sounded, of it. sounded like it. <laughs> Maybe he it's urinated okay. in his pants. <laughs> yeah. It's okay. He, he's gonna be fine. Answer you, the question. You smell burning toast. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So when it comes to predictability. Um, personally, I don't like it. Like I, I also get turned off. Um, I'm willing to suspend some, some level of analytical position when I'm watching a movie, maybe not so much when we're watching a movie for the podcast. Cause it's all about analytical at that point, you know? Um, but if I'm watching a movie just on my own time, like I, I'll turn, I'll turn some of the analysis procedures off so I can actually enjoy it and, and, you know, take it for what it is. Cause it is someone telling me a story. If I know how it's going to go, I'm still going to kind of sit back and see how they play it out just to see. Um, the problem I have though, <laughs> Jones, <laughs> the, the, welcome back. He'll, he'll edit it out in post. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, he won't. Cause we're going to keep Until talking he does, about it. It makes us look like jackasses. <laughs> so the, the, um, the issue I have with stories being predictable, especially movies nowadays, is I feel like it's kind of, I don't want to say a trend, but it's the reason why I quit watching movie trailers. They give all the good stuff up front, man. Like, they, if it's a comedy, all the fucking funny jokes are in the preview. If it's an action sequence, all the crazy action sequences are in, in the preview. Horror movie, all the jump scares are in the fucking... They're even starting to show the monster now in trailers, which is just... I mean, you as a horror fan know that's a fucking party foul. And uh, yeah, it just it bothers me that that's the trend right now is that people want this instant gratification upfront payday for their movie viewing experience. Most of the time, if I watch a preview, I don't want to go see the movie now. And it turns me off from going and spending $15 at the theater to watch a movie because I know how it's going to play out. So I don't know. I don't I don't agree with people making things predictable, but at the same time. You really got to put effort in to pull the wool over people's eyes these days because almost every story arc has been told at this point. You know, there's just different variations on them that are interesting to see. Um, I don't know. I, I, just, I think there's a room or there's a market for people walking the line. And that's what great movies do. Uh, for instance, the movie It currently in theaters right Stephen King it's been a book forever you spoil it I will fly out to wherever you live what is and punch you in the genitals if you've been reading Stephen King since you're 10 you know how everything goes that doesn't matter but you're saying that Don't predictability turns you off but yet that's the thing that gets me is you're sitting here harping on predictability turning you off yet you're such a horror fan that's why I hate horror films because I know exactly how it's always going to fucking end that my friend is actually literally, and I'm not knocking you, I'm not mocking you, I'm not insulting you, I'm not downplaying what you said, but that, honestly, is a discussion for an entirely different show. Right, and that's fine. Like, it really legitimately is. Maybe like, the next time really. we have a horror film, we and, can And you make it. a very good point, I'm not going to lie. But so, it's cool. I knew how it was going to go. I did. I've read the book. Right. I've seen the original right, right, movie, right. like, five, six times. Oh, like, I know how it's going to okay, go. Okay. I still wanted right. to go no, see the new fair. one. 
because it's an yeah, updated too, version of the story. I'm a huge fan. You know, mm-hmm. like Evil Dead no. was another one of those. Yeah, you make a good point. Exactly. Uh, so. and, and and Jones, yeah. since since I missed you last time, and I apologize, and I know you're I kind of a bit of a student of the game. Haha. Um, what do you feel about that? Like, like is is an unpredictable story. Or, or unpredictable elements within a story, if, you know, every story's already been told. Are those vital components to any story that you, that you, that you, you take in? They better have damn compelling characters and, like, characters that, like, you care about. Because a lot of times, we've mentioned on another episode, Chris was kind of just talking about it. Tropes will, like, cross over. Like, you'll, you'll see them show up even on accident in movies. But I, I, to take a step back, I feel like you have to look at when this movie came out. And it, and I mentioned it earlier, it was kind of a trailblazer in a lot of ways and a lot of movies followed it afterwards. So when you say it's predictable, are you saying it's predictable because you are 35 years old and you've seen movies and this movie came out a long time ago? Or are you saying that it's predictable because it's crudely put together. Chris. Right. Right. No, I, I get you. I get you. Um, right. But, but I mean, that's, that's my main point is like, and to answer your question more specifically, I, I, I honestly, like you can predict any, like if you put some logic into what is happening in the movie, you can figure out what's going to happen next. Also, if the writer's any good, they're going to set something up. So when you're when you're watching a movie, reading a book, whatever, you're reading something or watching something, it's in there for a reason. And then if you put some thought into it, you're going to predict it. And to me, that doesn't ruin the movie as long as like the experience is still unique for me. And we've talked about it. We talked about it in length in one of our episodes about how every single story can be broken down into six different story frames or uh, structures. Right. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that sort of thing is going to happen again. So, and, and again, another point we've brought up is we have to watch it. We, we have to decide how we're going to judge a movie when we first start watching it. All right. Or is this like some cheesy movie that I predict what's going to happen? So I'm going to look for this. Like there's, that's the beauty of the movie experience or this whole experience that we do is, you can watch a movie any way you want. You can watch it knowing what's going to happen in the end, but you you appreciate how they tell the story or how the characters reacted, or you have no idea what's going to happen, and but you could predict how the character. I mean, it. I don't think there's one way to answer this question. <laughs> and you said it again. There's like a whole other episode just for the horror side of this. Like, I feel like we could do like an hour just on this conversation. Yeah. Oh, it, masterfully put, really, like that. That was like a really great way, and and you make a lot of good points, and I agree with you, totally. Um, but how about you, Scott? You've been quiet as of late. Um, how how is predictability fit into how you like to to watch your movies or your shows so or your books? I agree. Or your game with I agree with. A little bit of what everybody said in in their own way. Um, you, Chris, talked about predictability kind of ruining it. And immediately when I first started watching this movie, that's exactly what I thought too. Uh, this this is for four year olds. 
Um, there's not going to be that much suspense and that much kind of drama going on. Um, but I say that from, like what Jones was saying, from a 38-year-old's mindset, uh, you know, somebody that has seen most of Game of Thrones, you know, where you don't know when when somebody's going to die. And I think as we progress, um, our entertainment media progresses, and we kind of consume it, new, new things are met, new precedences are, are made, right? I remember when I read the Game of Thrones novels, uh, in, at the first time um, Eddard Stark, spoiler alert, he gets his head cut off, I was like, holy crap. You know, that's insane. I thought he was the main character. That wasn't a thing, right? But now it's a thing. So now this precedent is set where, you know, in film and, you know, all the, all the, all the other stuff, games or whatever, when you know for sure that the main character is safe, when I, let, me, let me speak in, in, in I statements. When I know for sure that the main character is going to be safe, safe, I have a tendency to kind of shut off. But I think that's a result of, like I said, the the whole precedent changing and all that stuff. Um, but again, like when James was talking, I was thinking, man, you know, James is right because predictability. If predictability was an automatic, boom, turned it off, any sort of historical film would be absolutely boring, right? Let's not watch anything about the Civil War. We know mm-hmm. who won. How about World War Two? Band of Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> Because rednecks are creepy. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's let's you know let's let's say my my favorite thing to ever come out of my television was Band of Brothers. Uh, you know, so but based off of precedence, or uh, I'm sorry, um, knowing uh, knowing what's going to happen in the end. Uh, you know, there's no a spoilers, lot of cool things. I haven't things. finished that yet. A lot of cool things would be irrelevant, right? Uh, I would not like Band of Brothers. I would not like you know all these other things. So, I think it's, I think it's it's an I have to take it on an individual basis uh, because, again, like to to echo what Jones was saying, you know, it's a, it's all about um, your perceptions and and all that kind of stuff. I I know I've mentioned before that, uh, depending on what kind of mood I am in. The, the the tint of the movie gets changed, right? So if I haven't had any sleep or somebody pissed me off like five minutes before I started watching it, the movie, I've, I'm noticing the movie for me has a little bit less of a score than it normally would. Or, you know, if if uh, the opposite happens, you know, and something positive happens, and I'm like, hey, you know, this movie's not too bad. I can look past this BS garbage because I'm in a good mood, so... When I sit down and I do these movies for the show, or or anything really, I don't. I try not to have an agenda. I just sit down and then I, I experience it, and then that's what I present. I think that's what I try to present when we do the show. So, but, but I learned a lot that way. I learned a lot that way because it's um, you guys. Uh, not you guys seem to analyze stuff a lot more, and I'm just over here like I like purple and. Cool. <laughs> I like turtles. Yeah, I like turtles. Yeah, um, but it's great because then we all come together and and I think it ends up kind of forming into the to this full picture that we have. Not but really. Yeah. I still think James sucks. It's the syphilis, man. Don't blame him. 
Fair enough. Fair enough. No, y- y- you all make very, very good points. And, uh, you know, Scott, you actually brought up, you know, Game of Thrones and uh, George R. R. Martin himself, and I'm paraphrasing here, has said that the reason why he so wantonly kills, you know, lo- beloved and, and favorited characters is because when you set that precedent, and that's a word you mentioned yourself, you know, precedent. When that precedent is set that anyone can die, when you do put certain protagonists in peril, it makes the 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 reader, you know, your audience have true anxiety and and feel nervous and scared for that character because they know it's happened before. So it could happen now. And it creates that sort of, uh, like I said, that sort of anxious uh, scenario that draws people into any adversity that a character may, may uh, you know, meet. Um, and, and that's something that I've, I've always appreciated and always really liked, even though I've never read anything of George R.R. R. Martin's. Yeah, I know. I, I lose nerd cred for that. Um, but... Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a it's a very nebulous question, you know. I like um, it though. That was good, man. It's good to yeah. Get some of that you know, stuff it's out. it's something a little different. So so moving on, you know, we'll we'll keep this train a rolling. Uh, you know, every every movie, you know, uh, has has its negative points, and and we've touched on a few. But uh, but I, I feel we're kind of getting to this point in this one. Um, so, you know, Jones, start mm-hmm. us out. Start us out. What what kind of things that really stuck out to you as negatives for for this film? I mean, the animation right off the bat, because we watch a movie now and everything's in 3D. I mean, thanks to Toy Story, everything can be made in a short period of time. Um, but... Then you think about it like, all right, so this movie came out in 92, blah, blah, blah. We've already went over this subject, but I think even for the time, 92, that was that was pretty pretty bad. And I, and I also thought that um, we, we talked about how Robin Williams was in Aladdin in the same year, no doubt. Uh, and his character in this movie was just... I, I wrote down Jar Jar Bats because, like... <laughs> Oh man. He wasn't funny at all. The character was not funny. I don't remember laughing. And he had no reason to be in the story, honestly, other than to save them when they get caught in the web later on. Uh, I just felt like that was a very improper use of Robin Williams, who at the time was in his prime. Like nobody was funnier than Robin Williams in the 90s and 80s. Um and then we also mentioned how this movie, or I mentioned how this movie paved the way for a lot of movies in the future, but Dune came out in 1984. And Dune also followed this exact same story structure of, you know, there's evil people trying to capture this one, you know, resource, and then there's someone trying to stop it, and there's some hero that has to make it. Like, this story has been around for a long time. But, like I said, I mean... It's, it's bound to happen, but the beat for beat, everything is like the same reason why uh, Avatar was picked apart so much was because it went beat for beat, store, line for line, essentially, shot for shot. Uh, but this movie kind of did 
the same thing for uh, for Dune, which is also a classic movie. Very, very um, cool movie. I, ne- I never really realized the parallel, but I can see it now that you mentioned it. Yeah. And it's not what I remembered. And we watched we watch this movie growing up. It's, we have the nostalgia for it, but let's say I watched this movie for the first time. Knowing that it came out a long time ago, I would still think this was a really bad movie. Because, like, it took, like, I don't know, 30, 40 minutes for me to even understand. What, like, for, for you to know what the actual story was. Because they were setting up a lot of, you know, humans are bad. Um, these are the characters. And then eventually you start to get to understand what's going on. But, yeah. I mean, in narration, open with narration. Even though it was, like, a story. She was telling a story. It was still a narration. Same thing. Cheating. That's your, that's your kryptonite. I, I imagined you I like on one knee and the three point one knee Superman stance at the beginning of this movie, mm-hmm. sweating and stuff like oh narration. Or just solitude. That's why he had a stroke. <laughs> he was thinking about it. Yeah, he wasn't getting up to go pee, man. He had a stroke. Yeah, man. yeah I have a I have a broken nose right now because I hit my desk. So whatever. Head <laughs> uh, desk. See, you know, and, and kind of mirroring that, at first, I had thought the cast that they got for this movie was a plus. Because, I mean, Tim Curry is amazing. And it came out in 1990. So, like, yeah. he was, they were like, oh, let's get Tim Curry. He, you know, so Tim Curry was still at the height of his powers. And then you got Robin Williams, who, as you had mentioned in the early 90s, was still, you know, one of the top you know, guys, one of the top people in comedy, period. And they got him to do this. And they even got Cheech and Chong in on this, which in the early 90s, they were still somewhat relevant as a comedy duo, not as a novelty act. You know, uh, and as I was watching this movie, the cast of of uh, the the voice of voice actors they got actually turned into a negative, and you hit a very big point yourself, Jones, when you mentioned that there was really no point for uh, Batty Coda, which is the lamest name for a character I think I can remember offhand uh, to exist. So Robin Williams, yes, he's funny. Yes, he's amazing. Yes. Uh, unsurprisingly, he improved what, like a dozen hours of lines and stuff, which prompted the filmmakers to expand his character's part simply because Robin Williams was that amazing. But he still didn't do anything. Tim Curry was Hexus, and oh my god, that man's voice is butter. Holy crap. Well, Early '90s Tim Curry voice, <laughs> uh, party pooper. I I thought it was amazing. Like I, it was just so smooth and just crisp. Ah, mm. you hear that, Griggs? I'm, you hear that, Griggs? Yeah. Uh, that may be why you know uh, it, it, you know Griggs three sixteen. Hopefully he'll <laughs> <Jesus>. come back. <laughs> keep keep trying to get him, man. But, but I feel he that they got lot. this this great cast. And completely and utterly underutilize them. 
Which is a huge negative. It's like, how are you going to have your early 90s film have all these big stars and these big names and put them in roles that are pretty much bullshit? And then, of course, you know, yeah. Um, you know, as, as we discussed before, you know, predictability in a story is not a crucial, vital thing. Like, I don't have to know exactly, you know, like, like even if I know exactly how it's going to end, it, it can still catch me with something. Give me something that I didn't expect, something out of the ordinary. Make some character, I don't know, stub his toe or something. But in this movie, nope. I, I mean, this... You know, in the climax of the film, they have this big, uh, comically destructive machine rampaging through the middle of, like, the fairy homeland, and nothing happens to anyone. Some trees get cut down. Holy shit! They really rose the stakes here, guys. I mean, seriously. Like... Even in Aladdin, in Aladdin, or in Aladdin, there was the threat of people actually dying. Like, you know. But, nope, not in this. And, yeah, okay, so it was for little kids. Who cares? Whatever. I don't give a crap. I'm not a little kid. So, you're gonna get the 35-year-old grown-ass man assessment of this movie. And <sighs> I felt there was no tension. I felt there was no real threat. Hexus just basically slithered his way around this big machine singing and really creepily sucking on the exhaust pipes. <laughs> well, you know, like, I, I don't know. That's funny. You mentioned that there was some, there was a couple of times I was watching it and I was like, wait a minute, this, this is not three or four year old friendly. And then something popped off a little bit differently than I was anticipating. Maybe I'm just a dirty old man. I don't know. We're but, all dirty old men. Well, let's well, be honest. Let's the, so the 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 one time where um, what's her name Krista was talking to the the shrunken human dude Zach, and um, she goes, "I want to learn your magic," and he he like looks around, <laughs> and then he goes under this flower in the dark, and he goes, "Okay, yes! come in here," and I was like, "What?" What is going he's, on? He's gonna show her something. Yeah, this is, I got the magic something for you. Something that grows. And I was like, "What is this?" And, but uh, yeah, he just flipped it, pulled his lighter out and turned it on, and I was like, "Oh, okay, phew!" Like, had me checking the version number. I didn't didn't want to have to talk about the wrong yeah, movie yeah, like yeah. you did. <laughs> Too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, I mean. Don't get me wrong. I think the biggest. The biggest pro that I have to say about this movie is uh, Krista, her model. I dig that. I don't know. I kind of have a thing for two-inch tall fairies. Oh, you dig it as in that way? You want to show her your magic. Oh, yeah, dude. You kidding me? I love me some two-inch tall chicks. Wow. They make the world go around. That's, uh... I'm not sure if that's creepier than the discussion that was happening before the podcast started, but duly noted. And 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 just so everyone knows, Scott is my brother by blood. We're related. We share the same gene pool. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, James, Mr. Nostalgia. What's up? There's got to be something about this film you didn't really care for. Something that didn't quite make it through your rose-colored glasses. Um, well, I mean, the, the animation's a little dated. And uh, I don't want to say I got bored with it. I could definitely see how it is boring because it's a kid's film and it's a musical and as an adult it's hard to enjoy that stuff unless it's like witty and funny like toy story is you know um but really i i gotta say the worst thing about this movie in my opinion is it really made me miss robin williams like yes so i got really so. sad that that man's gone yeah. after watching this again and I, so that's true. that's probably the biggest downer for me big time dude so he in 2003, I was in Afghanistan, and he came to our little remote outpost and did a comedy show for, like, 15 people. He was there for, like, an hour in BFE Afghanistan, right? You know, it was, like, part of a USO show, but nobody nobody really came out to where we were, we were at. And then one day the Chinook landed, and it was, like, legit Robin Williams. And everybody just had a fit, dude, and... uh we're all drawing straws and stuff because we still have to pull security, of, you know, war zone and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we're all drawing straws, you know, and I, and I got lucky to not be put on guard duty. And he put on, it was just this amazing show. And and when Batty, the, the, the bat came in and started talking, I felt that, man. You know, that I had some major feels for that. So I, I have to, I had to interject there for a second and, and, and back you up with that one. Yeah, no, it's it's all good, man. And you know, especially working in the business that I do, it's you know, it's it sucks to see a person who brought so much happiness and joy to the world, to to you know, for his life to end the way it did. Um, it's just a shame, man. That was definitely the biggest downer for me while watching this. Is that a negative or is that a positive? Because it can be both. At the very least. You can look at it as, you know, this is one of the things that he did that that did bring light into people's lives. Yeah. No, I mean, it's... it's. Um, so I'm agreeing with you. It's both, man. I just... Sucks the guy's gone, you know? Yeah, but, uh, I hear you. You know, condolences to his family and all the other fans out there for sure. Because that shit sucks. Other than that, like... I don't know. The, some of the music was a little... A, a, a little cheesy, a little hokey. Like, uh... I don't know. You know, I just is dated. It was all dated. That's the problem. Is it's 1992. It, it was it was dated, and it the music stuff like the songs turned me off. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I was talking about in the beginning, until Tone Loke came out. Oh and yeah, I was like, for real. Oh, I was like, Tone Loke, <laughs> the wizard. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Damn, my man. Yeah. Why are you playing a yeah. stupid lizard that looks like it has Down syndrome? Well, a, a, a couple of years after, you know, a few years after that, he was, you know, an Ace Ventura pet detective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, still, still, from from our generation, Tone Loke's voice, fi- it fired me up, dude. It fired me up. My wife was like, "Who is Tone yeah, Loke? dude, man?" To see Funky Cole <laughs> Medina voicing a weird ass lizard thing that wants to eat a human, or anything i'm not sure uh what was this song's name uh if i'm gonna eat anything it might as well be you 
Yeah, you you, you is, owe him a free dinner though. You owe him a free dinner. Yeah, yeah I mean, whatever, Tone Log, uh, you know, get your payday. Uh, which another random trivia moment, uh, Samantha Mathis, who voiced Krista, was the last girlfriend of River Phoenix and was actually there when he died. Oh, shit. Yeah. That is a fun fact. <laughs> There's a lot of fucked up in this movie. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, because I wanted everyone to leave this episode feeling great. Jones mm. comes in with the zinger. <laughs> All right. So this was the kind of movie that pretty much we'd all either heard of or seen well before we even decided to do this wacky little experiment called Culture Lust. So I gotta ask, from the moment we announced that we were going to be watching Fern Gully, The Last Rainforest, which is bullshit because it's not The Last Rainforest. Yeah, that, that title is kind of misleading. It, it is, isn't back. it? Yeah. It grows yeah. back. Um... But from the moment we announced that we were going to watch this movie to the point that the final credits rolled, in my case, finally rolled, and I was at last liberated from the horrors that was this film that made me want to chuck myself out my own apartment window. Um, did your opinions change? Like... You know, so Scott, from the moment we announced this movie to the moment you finished it, did anything change? What are your final thoughts? And, uh, you know, how do you feel about this movie now having watched it again as a really old bastard? So I will I will say my opinion did not change as I watched it um, from beginning to end. I was very excited. I was expecting a a non an experience that did not stimulate much as far as like my thought processes and all that stuff. But after having this this discussion with you guys, I think my opinion has changed because like I said earlier, like you know, I I didn't realize that it paralleled Dune. I didn't realize, you know, that it it kind of set the precedence because I mean Jones is right. It looks like the little Seder guy, the Cheech and Chong character, Stump and whoever, look like um, the little Seder dude from from Hercules. And as I was kind of taking a mental inventory while while everybody else was talking, I was noticing little things like that, like a lot of aesthetic stuff that was that's really very familiar in a whole lot more uh, animated movies. Um, even today. Uh, so at first I would say it was extremely forgettable, but, but no, my, my opinion has changed, but not, not from my own brain. It's because of, of the, the thoughts that the, the, the inspirations and thoughts that are coming from, uh, mostly, mostly Jones and James, uh, just, just throw it out. Fuck there. you too. You thief. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. What are you, what are you James Cameron? Uh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh my Ooh. goodness. Don't uh, insult him like that. That's oh my, my brother. Them's fighting words. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Shots. 
no, no, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, you know, like I personally, I, I can now look back and I can appreciate this movie for what it was. Because, again, it was 15, 20, holy crap in a pita, 25 years ago that this movie came out. So, you know, it has to be looked at with that lens of it coming out 25 years ago. And you have to kind of ignore 25 years of tropes in cinema and plain, basic, generic dreck to fully appreciate what this movie was all about. And it was actually Robin Williams' first animated feature, and it was because of this movie that he did end up accepting the role of Genie in Aladdin. And God forbid we ever get that movie, I will say that that Robin Williams' performance in that movie was was complete, absolutely something special. So I appreciated that. But just on the level... I started this movie thinking, wow, is this going to basically be a Disney story told piece of crap? And it was a basic Disney story told piece of crap. Now, I don't know if the Disney method of storytelling is a thing. I just sort of coined it. But I dislike the Disney method of storytelling, where there's never any real risk and there's never really any actual threat to anyone. And the main villain, the big protagonist that's supposed to be so evil and scary and nasty, basically just sings a couple songs and then dies. I don't like that. I I, I didn't like it as a kid. I, I didn't have the lens of nostalgia influencing me. So as I am now, nah, I didn't like the movie. And I didn't really care much for it at the beginning. Uh, pretty much whenever Robin Williams or Tim Curry were not speaking on film, I felt like checking myself out my apartment window just to make the pain end. Jones, how about you? Uh, I had no suicidal thoughts, no. Well, then you're probably a much more well-adjusted individual than I am. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, I mean, just kind of wrapping things up. I, this movie, yeah, this movie set a lot of stuff up. I was watching it with my son. He was sitting with me and we're watching it. I was like, he's going to like this. I love this movie. My son's going to. He was bored as fuck. Like he had <laughs> wow. no interest in this movie. How and, old is he? and maybe that's a he's three. Okay. So maybe that's a testament to, you know, where movies are now and like how everything is made it in made it. Made in a computer, uh 3D, so who knows? But I and I thought Hexus, because that I remember thinking that was kind of scary as a kid. He didn't even care. Uh so I don't know. Maybe my my, my opinion really changed in that um, this is not what I remember it. Like, I remember stop ta- I, I stopped taking notes like 20, 30 minutes in the movie because I was like, eh, I'll just watch it and then talk about it. I did the same thing, man. I did the same thing. I, I think what I just kind of had a thought, though. It's it's almost like the the first run, right? So this movie, as we've said a few times already, set the precedence for a lot of things. Um, blazed the trail, as it were. Well, coincidentally, so did the CDI, but it wasn't any good. 
Like, literally. It wasn't any good. Yeah, that's a good parallel. Yeah. yeah it, it, but a lot of people wow. say it's the grandfather of the PlayStation, the original PlayStation. So it's, the, I brought the up the Sega CDI first. Or the, so... the Nintendo PlayStation? The Nintendo PlayStation. I'm a goddamn genius. So you heard like, about that one? What? No? Yeah, yeah, yeah I did, Nintendo actually. was gonna release a place the, the PlayStation, but Sony ended up releasing. Oh yes, it because yes. they worked with Sony to make yeah. it. Yes. Anyway. Yeah. Yes, it, but yeah, a lot of times, like the first run of stuff, I mean, it's just, just not that good. But you extrapolate from that, and you end up having something that's really great. Yeah. That's why it's yeah, never yeah, good sure. to be it, the first guy to come up with an idea. You got to be this. Yeah. Because it's gonna suck. <laughs> yeah. But it's gonna set the table for other people. To yeah, make exactly. way better stuff than you did. Right, 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 right. All right. So, lastly, our our nostalgia critic, James. What's up? Well, you're the only <laughs> one who has said that you'd watch this movie prior to uh, culture lusting it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel it holds up? Like, what's your, your final thoughts on on this film um i still enjoy it man like i didn't i didn't hate on it i hated on james cameron afterwards um my wife was a little disappointed that i didn't wait for her to watch it uh but she's you know she was busy working the air show and all this stuff so she didn't get a chance to but um air show bitches (laughs) air power uh (laughs) (laughs) But no, I, I I still enjoy it, and um, I don't know, man. It, I think it's just the nostalgia talking, really, because the, the animation's dated, the music's dated. Some of it wasn't funny, some of it was. I was really surprised it was only an hour and 15 minutes long, and that includes credits? Like, that's crazy. Yeah, that is yeah, dude. short. Hour 15, too. Yeah, that, that was nuts. So, longer. Yeah, right. Um, really? I felt like killing myself for way longer than an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> you, sir, take your movies very seriously. <laughs> so, wow. But one thing I thought that was really interesting is when Jones said that he watched it with his son and his son was bored. Because I was thinking, That's like, true. yeah, I might buy it, you know, like, we're trying to have a kid, all this stuff. But, um,. I don't know. Maybe Jones swayed me. Maybe I'll leave it as a as a Netflix kind of thing, you know. You just so your your kid. You have to shelter your kid to not see any movies, and then set him down when he's or, or she when they're like three or four, and then let them watch TV for the very first time. And then that way <laughs> they won't be corrupted by better stuff. That is the definition of neglect. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. You're looking at it all the wrong way. Man. Oh, but he gets to eat. He gets to eat, though. Right? No <laughs> yeah. more yeah. wire hangers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it's it's it was a fun watch, and it was nostalgic as fuck. And um, what's her face, Chris, Chrissy, Krista? Krista, yeah. Krista. Krista, hot as balls. Yeah. I'm down oh. for some some teeny tiny yeah. fairy action. <laughs> you got that? Got a got a couple of creepers having a creeper moment. <laughs> and I will say, Christian Slater as a ginger, hilarious. Yeah. AKA Shingle. douche fairy. 
chiseled pecs. <laughs> Douche fairy. Yeah. Douche fairy. That's your name from now on, James. That's my name? Douche, douche fairy? fairy. Douche fairy. Douche fairy. Well, it's French, so it's douche fairy. Thank you very much. <laughs> Ooh. Classy. All right. <clears throat> so, who's ready to uh, hear what we've got lined up next? Are you still doing that? You didn't get fired? No, no, no. Here's the thing. We fired yeah. him. No, 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 no. And then he... Fuck you. He... He... He raped he us. He raped us. <laughs> whoa! 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 It was consensual? It was not. It was not. Okay. I specifically yeah. remember oh. saying no multiple times. I, I, there was, the word yes nope. was spoken not many, many once. times. Yeah. When you asked us if you wanted us to stop and we said yeah, yes, I, that was the only time we said yes. Yeah. Semantics. He has refused to relinquish. I, I really? think it depends. Is this, is, no. this, is this a shitty horror movie? Y- yes or no? Yes. God damn it. Yes. <laughs> it is. I feel like you programmed Sorry. the randomizer. Yeah, I, really I, think I don't program did. shit! He just went into the parameters and just dialed mm-hmm. it in and filtered the shit out of it. So it's, It doesn't work that way! What ends up happening is when he hits it, it just goes straight from his Netflix feed <laughs> and his favorited films <laughs> and it just like rolls in. He said it for way, like horror movies way. that have less than two stars on IMDb. <laughs> well, I'm convinced actually that the button he clicks is just one of those easy buttons that you put on your desk and he's literally just scrolling through his Netflix account. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I pushed a button, guys. Don't worry about it. <laughs> no, fam, uh, like, show me the link you use. Uh, 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 okay, I can't hear you. Internet's going out. <laughs> well, I'll have you know then that this week we are watching a movie that it's a horror, yes, that I actually hate. And James really likes. I thought it was cool. This is a different take. All right, so that's you're stupid. I'm intrigued. It sucks. I hate you. Fuck your face. I'm, I'm intrigued. Freddy in the Sky. What's is... what's the movie? All yes. right. So after a sexual tryst. Jay learns that her date has passed on a lethal curse that can only be shed by sleeping with another unsuspecting partner. Oh, yes. It is the 2014 horror movie, Herpes. (laughs) Or It Follows. Speaking of syphilis. Which is basically the same thing. It's syphilis, gonorrhea, herpes. Demonic syphilis. Look, whatever. This this is an episode of Full Circles, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, It's herpes herpes that will chase you down and murder you eventually. It'll fuck you to death on a beach after you called your parents and said, I love you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, (laughs) I don't want to talk about it until, you know, next episode, but I didn't hate it. Of course you don't want to talk about it. Um, my wife actually had to do a paper on it for a college class. So that's how we ended up watching it. Wow, that's a shitty college. Yeah. Oh, it actually has 6.9 stars on IMDb. Yeah, so. it's, it's a cool... No, no, no. It, it, it's a cool it, take it, on a horror yeah, film. It, it got good reviews. It got good if you, reviews. If you ignore the... Um, it still sucks balls. Abstinence agenda <laughs> tied to it. It's a pretty good film. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Oh man, it's hard to ignore because you can't it's drown shunting. if you never go swimming. It's really difficult to ignore that agenda because it's pretty much shoved in your face like a cinder block tied to a penis, chucked out of the back of a moving freaking pickup truck. Alrighty, next time, tied penises and right. cinder blocks yeah. on cultureless. Cinder penis. Yeah. Dicks and rocks. Dicks and blocks. The cock block. All right, so. Oh. Oh, <laughs> such a such a simple there you thing, go. but it's great. So Wonderful. that's it. The movie for next week is It Follows. Very popular movie. It's on Netflix. Watch it. Let us know what you of think. Course it's the first Be sure to check us out at 7 Follow us on Twitter at 7 sins. You can also check us out on Instagram. Same name, 7 sins. You can check us out on YouTube. The Day Late Gamer. James, get on your shit, dude. Come on now. Yeah. Follow us on Twitch, Slayin' and the Day Late Gamer. We're streaming stuff a lot. Sometimes. Eh, who knows? Whatever. Discord link is in the podcast comments. And if you like what we do and you want to support what we do monetarily, we appreciate it. We love you forever. You can check us out on Patreon, Seven Nerdly Sins, for my absolute best friends in the world jones hi james uh one more thing just just before we have a facebook page now seven early sins and we also have a facebook group you can come hang out throw us comments upload some cool pictures of you watching these shitty films and uh start building that community man also look out look out on that page because we just posted we're recording episode 19 so when we're Post that in there in Facebook. Come follow us in the Discord link and chat with us. No doubt. Hell yeah. <laughs> also, you know, Scott's here too. I am here. I am here. And and my last yeah, well, note is... When did Scott get here? Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm like that, that guy in that movie Summer School where he just got a hall pass and then comes so back. So we watched a Goofy the movie. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Scott, but it's pretty good, man. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. It's good. It's good. Okay, anyway, let me take the test. So... <laughs> Uh, keep your keep your eyes and ears and, and all your limbs peeled, ladies and gentlemen, because we have an RPG podcast oh, oh, in the works. And that's that's not works. rocket propelled grenade. We are not blowing things up. Nope, tabletop. Why not? I mean, we can table dance. Tabletopping, tabletopping, uh, recorded sessions. So um, we don't have a timeline on it yet, but but it's coming. Yes, yes, for sure. A lot of good stuff coming up. So I just want to say, for Jones, James, Scott, I've been your host, Chris. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Like, comment. Please leave us a comment. Talk to us. We, we'd love to hear what you guys have to say. And you know what? Have a great day. I personally hope you have a terrible day. <laughs> <laughs>